Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello and welcome to this very, very special episode of the Successful Mentalist podcast. My name is Aidan O'Sullivan and I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Ashley Green. Hello, you lovely people in the podcast world listening to a mentalism podcast. Is that right? No, that was awful, but we'll leave it in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Uh, no, today we've got a really, really special uh, guest on board. We're loving these conversations right now. We've had some incredible conversations with some of the greatest names in magic and non-magic as well. But today we have perhaps one of my favourite minds in magic. Christian Grace is not only a great friend, but he's a fantastic thinker and creator of magic you might recognize him from many of his releases including both pluck and level one on vanishing ink if you haven't seen these like a quick little story it was a couple of years ago we was on our way to blackpool on the train we met up on the train actually and uh, and we was there with christian and christian proceeded to blow my mind with level one which was the cleanest vanishing deck that i've ever seen on the planet absolutely fooled the heck out of me and uh i've just been obsessed with that man and his way of thinking and his attitude and his character and his persona ever since uh so to the point that we had to just get him on the podcast simple as that we're actually talking a lot about creativity and all of these other little little nuggets throughout the way but i i genuinely i've been excited for this conversation for so so long what i particularly like and you guys will hear me say over and over and over again in this podcast but just how authentic and kind and caring how much of a beautiful soul he is and how he was just so open and in, in sharing natural and organic thoughts like christian isn't one of those people that just tries to beef stuff up and make stuff up and make it look better than it, what it is it's like just so down to earth so human and, and that is what i resonate with so much within this particular episode like it's really, really great. But as always, guys, before we crack on with the meat of the content, if you are new to listening to the Successful Mentalist podcast, do consider whacking the subscribe button because we launch a episode every single Sunday. We've got a variety of past content, so do check that out, including some awesome episodes with some amazing celebrity guests. But without all of those shameless plugs in the way, I think we should crack on and actually jump straight into the meat of the content with none other than the fantastic Christian Grace. Honestly, I'm so glad we have you here today, Christian, on the podcast. What you have done in Magic is, like, incredible. Some of your releases are just insane. And can I also point out that so many people know you from various releases, from various insane projects, like the super imaginative and creative visions you have, and you're able to bring these things to life, and they are just incredible. You're not putting out rubbish like a lot of magicians out there. Every single thing you put out is gold after gold after gold after gold. But one of the most amazing traits that I love about about you you're so kind and caring which is often lost oh. in the magic industry and i'm not just saying that to warm you up just because you're here but genuinely so guys this is an absolutely incredible episode with our fantastic friend christian so christian why don't you say hello 
Hello, everyone. Oh, my God, Ashley, what an, what an introduction. Uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. That's so generous of you to say those wonderful things. It's a pleasure to be here with both of you. And thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, well, thanks for being here. And, you know, when we was putting together our podcast we actually asked you a few months back to get on it because when we when we were setting up these special guest episodes we knew that you had so much value to actually give to our audience at the time so we're actually so glad we, we've managed to <laughs> nail you down and just kind of like pin you in for this interview because i know you're so busy with all the various different things you're doing so thank you so much for actually being here but adam without forever due what should we talk to christian about today yeah, this is a really interesting question i think uh I think let's roll on the subject of creativity. Let's let's start with that because you have one of the most creative minds I've ever met. Uh, like oh. genuinely, uh, the way you think about things is not only brilliant, but it's very very different as well. So I'm really curious. Do you have a creative process to start with, like a framework or anything that you use, or or do you just wing it out for the best? <laughs> that is one way of doing it. Um, wow, creativity. So. This is such a multifaceted subject, so there are various uh, answers to it. So let's let's sort of think about how I approach things. Um, I think the most important thing to begin with as a foundation is to have a clear goal in mind. You know, what do you actually want from magic? What do you want your magic to look like? You know, and these these things can be as little as you know, uh, boiling it down to a move. You know, how how do you want this move to look? Or Better still, how do you want it not to look? How do I make this thing invisible? Um, if it's uh, a prop or a gimmick, it's how, how it's how does it function? How do I want it to function? So for me personally, it's about the effect. I want a really strong effect, and I want to find the most simplest and practical methods to get to that. Um, my general approach is is simply action versus inaction. You know, so actually putting your ideas into practice, you know, manifesting your thoughts in the real world by simply working on something and, and trying it, because that's the only way you're going to know whether something should live or die. You know, you'll have loads of ideas and only some of them will be good. And the only way to understand that is to actually build the thing you want to build or work on the thing you want to work on. Um, so, so it's action versus inaction. Um, if, if you are looking at gimmick making, which is something that I love to do, um, it's, it's not always the case that you're going to have the skills to make the gimmicks that you want to make. So I would advise people, you know, if you've got an idea, get together people that can make things for you. Uh, you know, by prototyping things, it gives you a really good indication on what problems you, you fall uh present to themselves to you and then how to solve those problems and which actually brings me on to the last main point of of how i think or approach creativity which is problem solving you know it boils down to um you know does this feel right can i make this better you know always understanding that it's an open-ended thing and that you'll never just find a solution like a solution won't just always be a final solution you know opinions change time change uh, time changes sorry and um with that comes you know new ideas are on the same idea that you're you're working on so it's always to be open-minded to always uh, think to improve what you're working on at the time i mean there's a lot there that i just 
ramble that with, but it is, it is something I do truly believe in. Like you've got to understand what you want from magic first and foremost, and then just get on with it. You know, Knight got it right when they said, just do it. So true. Was, I, I, I'm really interested because creativity is, is really, really interesting in the sense of uh, it, a lot of people get confused about it. So perhaps, but like, I've got, I've got another bit that I want to pick up your thoughts on, but Sure. If you was to if you was to put a definition to creativity, what, mm. what would you describe creativity as? Imagination. You know, um, let's I mean, can you pull up Google and, and type in and I just just type in creativity definition. Um, it'll it'll have something <laughs> broadly speaking on originality and, you know, read it out for us, because this is this is a good point. Good place to start. The use of imagination or original ideas to create something. There we are. So, I mean, yeah, I, I can't do a better definition than that. <laughs> that. That is what creativity is. It's exercising that muscle. Um, and <laughs> everything starts with a thought, you know, and thoughts manifest because you ask questions. You know, like I said before, it's about problem solving. You know, if you're using a prop and something doesn't feel right, and you think you've got to think to yourself, well, how can I solve this problem? And then you might have an idea or a solution. And then you might you have to try that idea to know whether it, it works or doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, is there another solution? You know, and by doing those things, the actual action will present um, questions that you never thought to ask in the first place. You know, um, so, yeah, creativity by definition uh for <laughs> oxford uh, dictionary definition does a better job than i would ever do but yeah so i hope i hope that was a not a cop-out answer i mean i'll be honest just google it is probably the simplest answer <laughs> well to question. yeah it That's is it. but 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 it's i i do believe you know that is the the best way to look at it you know um it's not something unachievable it's not also something that uh, comes to you you by creating Sorry, how, how best to say this? Um, the act of creating gives the definition of creativity. It's not like you just sit there saying, oh, I want to be a creator because I'd like to create magic. You actually create magic to be a creator. You have to do it. It's no use thinking about what creation is. Just start exploring, use your imagination, understand what you want to achieve and, and start working at it. And there's no better solution than that. And I know that sounds simple and hopefully not like something Tony Robbins would say, or, you know, it's not a cop out thing. It really is as literal as that, you know, in my case, anyway, this is how I see things. Well, no, I mean, you're completely true. I, I think if, because I've spent far too long that I'm prepared to admit uh, actually studying creativity on a, a psychological neurobiological level, what actually is creativity. And a lot of it actually genuinely comes down to what you're saying of, uh, well, it's, a lot of the time, I think from an early age, people are believed to either be a creative or not creative. And it is binary. It's like, oh, I'm a little bit creative. That's kind of the cop out when people don't really know what what they're talking about. I think um, like mm. from a really early age, if you want to look at it from like the education, the world of education, when you're choosing your subjects, mm. I, I give this example a lot because 
when you're choosing subjects, a lot of people can either go and do things like performing arts, either the dramas, the music, the uh, the other more cre naturally creative subjects, or they can jump to something that might be seen as less creative, like a maths or a or a, a science-based thing, which are, I'll be honest, equally as creative, if not more creative, but it's seen as these are the creative subjects, these are not creative. And then yeah. there's this divide that comes in that everyone believes themselves to actually be creative not creative but what you're I saying see. here is that creativity actually comes from action it actually comes from the process yes. of exercising exactly. ideas and imagination yeah exactly and and also i'd like to add that um i always encourage people to find their own solutions to problems that they find themselves depending on what they want to do or what they see in as as their goal in magic um First and foremost, I think it's better to try and look for those answers before reaching for a book to find, you know, the answer somewhere else, because you might then find an original way of doing something that hasn't been conceived or preconceived. Um, of course, knowledge is key, right? To know is, is, the, is the goal. So looking at books and, and, and deep, you know, deepening your understanding of theory and method is 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 essential but that will come naturally over time anyway so best thing to do is to look at an effect that you want to perform understand how you want it to look in performance and then work towards you know creating the most efficient way of getting to that point um yeah use all the materials you have around you and sit there and and don't stop till you find an answer that's really interesting it's mm. it i was talking to uh, timon uh, timon kraus uh, ages ago and he's he said something that really just just shook me on the on the subject of going to your books and things he said that the books are not there for inspiration and a lot of people think oh i need to i want to create something i want to do a new trick let's just mm. open the book said, no we're actually what we go to the books for information mm. inspiration there, there you go saying here is that actually rather than just oh here's an idea let me see if i know a, oh, let me see if there's a method in Tarbell that'll allow me to do well, let, let, yeah. let me Let me just see if if 13 Steps has got a version of doing this. It's yeah. what we're actually doing is we're thinking first, re, like yes. think first, research second. I, I, I think so. I, I would just always encourage that. You know, um, there's a product that I have coming out with Vanishing Inc. I can't say when because of the pandemic and how that shifted things, but um, it's loosely i can explain it's it's based around a, a switch uh, a billet switch so i um i took it upon myself to to understand the goal first which was that i wanted uh, what i could see what the the information that was available with that was that most switches are switches that are covered you know where the billet goes out of sight um so i wanted to find a solution where the billet could stay in sight you know so that was my goal and instead of researching everything that's out there, I tried to find my own solutions and I happened to have managed to do that. And then of course, afterwards, it's good to cross-reference cross and make sure you're not stepping on anyone else's toes with method or paying credit where it's due is important as well. Um, but that's a good example of, of everything I've mentioned in the beginning of, of having a goal in mind and then finding your own way uh, to make it work. You know? you know what's really fascinating is is seeing and unwinding your approach to this but you have said something which i've touched on christian and it's 
problems and, and finding solutions. And a lot of people mm. listening to this podcast now are going to be thinking, oh, that's good. You seem to be getting all these ideas. You seem to be coming up with this and you're naturally like overcoming these problems that are getting past. But I think a really mm. eye-opening question for kind of the viewers here are, or the viewers, the listeners here are, um, would be, do you ever get stuck? And by stuck, I don't mean for five minutes, an hour. Like, do you get really stuck where you're sat there for days and weeks thinking, gosh, what do I do next? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Um, is not being happy or content with what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole reason what, that's the force that pushes you to continue to work on something. I mean, being stuck on something is, is hard to, to define because I mean, oh, every problem's different, even if it's a small or a big one. I think it's just, Yes, inevitably, in my case, I, I get stuck on, on an idea and, and, and I find it hard to grasp a solution. I think on a practical level, it's good to have people around you that share the same visions that you have towards magic and to be able to voice uh, an idea that you, you're hitting a wall with with them and, and understand from a different perspective if there are things that you're missing that, uh, based on your experience, you're, you're not familiar with. Uh, that can always be a, a good um catalyst in in starting that process or at least overcoming those problems um yeah but a short answer to that is yes i i i'm all there's there's hundreds of, of ideas in the notebook that you know I, i'm not satisfied with um you know even if others say oh that, that's fantastic you should release that i'm i'm still like no it's not it's not ready because it's not it's not pure enough it's not you know there's always um going to be that thing take level one for example i'm i'm extremely proud of it but since release i i still think about it and i still develop i've still been developing it conceptually and understanding where that principle can be applied to other things you know so yeah so you, you touched on something as well uh, you've mentioned it a few times uh, in terms of the, you've got this notebook of, of ideas that mm. to others might seem like a, a good conceptualized finished idea but it's still something that you're not happy with like how how do you like keep a track of all of your ideas? do you write everything down or just the highlights or or how do you actually note take your your thoughts on a process yeah so um i say notebook i i i do have several like books that i use but i i i more often than not if i'm walking out and about i just have my notes app on my phone and inspiration can come from anywhere um it doesn't even you might not even be thinking about creating magic, but you'll see something and you'll think, my God, that's a good premise. Or my goodness, that how, that particular function of that prop or something you come, come across um, might just inspire an idea for an effect. So yes, I think it's good to write everything down. Um, what you actually end up working on will be down to your, uh, how excited you are about the ideas that you have in that, in that notebook but um or just where your attention is that particular day i'm constantly flitting between things i think it's a good exercise as well it's worth mentioning it's quite healthy and balanced to juggle different things at the same time um you might feel like you're hitting a a wall if you're just working on one problem you know it's good to put that aside and then look at something else and then come back to that with fresh eyes and stuff so that's how I do it anyway. You know, uh, I won't wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to work on this. I'll, 
will naturally be thinking about something that's bothering me. And so I'll give that the attention. Um, but yeah, so I encourage everyone to write down their ideas, um, even if they're not ideas for magic, if it's just something you like, your interests, you know, it's always good to start with what you care about and what you're interested in, and then let that translate through to, to, to magic and, and how you perform and, and, and the rest of it. Yeah. Two points there, which is so useful, writing it down. I see so many magicians and they always say, I'm not creative. I can't do this. I'm not creative. I can't come up with tricks. And, and then you actually speak to them and say, well, I did have this idea. I did have this idea. I did have this idea, but they weren't good enough. But at the end of the day, the they've point. forgotten most of it. Exactly. They've got that first basis. You write it down, then you can develop it later. And what you have said there about taking time to switch off, this is what me and Aiden talk about all the time. Oh, good. That, yeah, that yeah. ability to, to, to switch off because sometimes you've worked on it, you've worked on it, you've worked on it. And what there was a, there was a saying, Aiden, something like, if you can't solve it in an hour, you're not going to solve it in the next few or something like that you told me. Um, I've completely butchered what Aidan was saying there <laughs> in, in a point. But I'll be honest, but, I don't recognise the quote, but I get what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because sometimes you can put yourself through that mental exhaustion. And we, we do something known as um, uh, Einstein's uh, combinatory play. Um, and more recently, is it's uh, known as the MacGyver effect, which is where we're working on something, whether it's in our business, an effect, something in our show or something mm. anywhere else. We will go, you know what? We're done. Let's put that. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to go off on a walk. But your brain still works on it in the background, doesn't it? And then eventually, you've probably been in those moments, haven't you, Christian, where you're you're midway in the shower or the loo or midway through a walk and you go, oh my gosh, that is the moment. Yes, yes, that, <laughs> that is it. But, but that's because your, your brain is always working. So you touched on something beautiful, which is having that ability to switch off. Do you mm. have any systems in place to make sure that you actually do that? Or is it quite simply just whenever it feels like, you know what, I need to put that to one side. Yeah, no, uh, that's cool. Uh, I definitely understand even what you've, what you've said about that shower moment, like a having a shower is a good place to, to have ideas for some reason. Uh, that's a really good spot. I recommend everyone gets in the shower. <laughs> no, um, so I think a good thing uh, for me personally, um, juggling, um, swimming, you know, these are activities that you, you have to be present to actually swim, right? So your, your mind can, it gives your mind a bit of a rest because you have to focus on the action and the monotony of the action, you know? So it's a bit like meditation. So for me, yeah, um, at the moment, it's unfortunate because the pandemic, my gym's closed, but when that opens up again, you know, I'm there every day. I, I, I swim every day and, and it does help just take my mind off things for a while. Um, yeah practically that's what i do um i've started jogging i guess that helps as well um just put put a podcast or a bit of music on and just get on with something um to occupy your your body and yeah. right, i just want to paint uh paint a bit of bit of the science behind what's going on in the in this bit of grit. yeah pl please tell me why, <laughs> really why am i doing the things i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> why do i think of a card trick when i'm washing my face um, i know <laughs> i know oh but I, I, so in, in these cases where we're actually taking our mind completely off of this, it's a really, really fundamental part of the creative process. Um, way back when there was a four stage model of, of 
creativity that was put out there has been kind of slammed and investigated a little bit because it's saying that creativity is all very four state like it's not as linear and as simple as do this then this then this and then you've got a perfect idea uh, but there is a mm. part and a really important part is what actually referenced there in, in that actually stepping away in that um, not MacGyver effect but the combinatory player just letting your brain do the work because when you distract yourself and you're doing something like swimming, for example, you go for a walk, mm. or you go for a swim, you're mm. again, you're, mm. you're present in that moment. And what that actually does is it's because you're present in the moment in your prefrontal cortex, getting all technical, which is basically the big Very front bit of the brain. The activity in that area of your brain actually quietens down a little bit. That's mm. where the sense of self all comes in. And, and basically you get outside of your own head. And you go into what's known as like a, a flow state some of the time, a micro flow, and that's just essentially allowing your brain to go onto overdrive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and those kind of experiences allow creativity to to boost the neural pathways that are involved with creativity. They go up sometimes even as much as five hundred percent, according to some studies. And that's oh. quite simply because you're staying away and you're putting your mind elsewhere, allowing your mind to actually do the work and your subconscious to do the work whilst you're not mm. paying attention to it. That's brilliant. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't know the the reasons why, but that that does sound, you know, plausible. <laughs> I'm but glad it brilliant. sounds plausible. Um. <laughs> no, it is. It, it is. It, it's interesting to to see it explained that way. But that's very much it. I, th I find I mentioned juggling is a good example. You know, you're constantly trying to uh, throw and catch balls, so you have no opportunity to think around that. You know. Um, that's why I likened it to meditation. There was actually something I was going to touch on because we had a, a fascinating conversation with um, DMC a little while back. And one of the things I noticed from from having a chat with him is so much of, of really what he said, it all boiled down to one thing, which he, which he explained, being present in the moment, just mm. being present in the here and now, not worrying about the future, not worrying about the past, not overthinking all these very different things and get distracted, just mm. it's happening here and now. And that's mm. exactly what you've touched on. And you've, I, I was going to ask you the question, do you have any meditation techniques or spiritual techniques or just grounding techniques to, to help with this and guide you through? And you've already touched loosely, you do. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, if that's, that's I guess, what, what I've described is, is what it's called. Uh, meditation is the, the outcome of centering yourself. And I think... Um, when it comes to working or practicing magic, that in and of itself is a meditation in a way, you know, it gets to that point where you're, you're in an idea so much that you just, that's all you're seeing. And, and it's a very clear way of, of looking at things. If you can get into a good rhythm of it. Um, do I have I any practices? I think it's good just to, just to try and keep healthy and keep positive. And I know, um, it's not an easy time to do that for a lot of people. Uh, you know, I myself have struggled at times, but it really does have a knock-on effect to everything else in your life. Uh, if, if, you, if you're not in that positive mind, mindset. So yeah, it, it's important to approach things with, with a positive mind, you know? Well, I, I'm really curious because uh, again, we're like both myself and Ashley, we were literally talking just this morning uh, about the importance of a growth mindset and actually having that opportunity to have that mm. positive, open-minded attitude uh, of constant learning and, and picking new things. And, and genuinely, uh, like, I know that you've, you've got that yourself, which 
every creative seems to have this. It seems to be a natural skill. If you're, if you're struggling with that creative process, chances are if you can start exploring the idea of a growth mindset, then you can actually mm. naturally pick up on more of these things. But I'm, I'm yeah. really curious because obviously you're saying that you're jumping backwards and forwards between ideas as and when, but how, how do you determine whether a, an idea is a good idea to, to think about or put attention to? So for, first and foremost, uh, in my case, it's just about the, the effect itself, you know, so I just want the most magical thing, you know, I, if it's a prediction, I want the prediction to be on the table, you ask them what, what to name something, they open it up and it matches, you know, and how do we make that as clear, as innocent, as natural, as pure, as impromptu or whatever you want it to be? How do we achieve that? You know, you've struck me with something. You struck me with something, Christian, and you've mentioned it twice in this interview now. Mm. You say when you're going through, you want to achieve this big thing and you want to make something the most magical moment. And at the beginning, you, you've touched on something and saying you want everything you create to be strong magic. But I hear this a lot and I see this a lot in the mm. magic community. Everyone says, oh, yeah, I, I want to perform strong magic. I want to perform really, really good magic. But what the hell is strong magic? Like, <laughs> at, at the core of what it is. What is uh, it? Because gosh, that's such a deep question to ask. I mean, in a way, you're demonstrating a knowledge that you have that other people haven't yet experienced or tapped into. So the intrigue is there. Um, I'm less of a fan of sort of adopting the role of someone who claims I can do this, I can fly, I can. You know what I mean? I'm less interested in that. I'm more interested in just creating an impossible moment, you know, something that they understand based on all their knowledge can't exist. And yet it does. I think that's kind of translates directly to a feeling that, that your participant has. And therefore that is magic. I think it's a feeling that you're trying to create at the end of the day. Of course, as you guys know, I'm a card magician predominantly. I love card magic. I can't stop thinking about it. It's where my head's at all the time. Um, and if you were a magician in the true sense, would you even touch a deck of cards? Probably not. You know, <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd be helping people and you'd be using your ma uh, you know, magic for, for much larger issues, I'm sure. So let's not kid ourselves, right? What we're doing is, is trickery. We're demonstrating magic using the props that we love and um, if you don't take yourself too seriously um, that can translate very well and it can feel like a genuine moment of magic and I put that in you know these uh, the podcast people can't see I'm just putting my thing what are these called <laughs> I'll be honest uh, we're, we're... inverted commas is that yeah the up um, oh, magic yeah but you I hopefully you understand what I mean um, I um, so strong magic in, in, the, in the context at which I perform would be, you know, someone thinks of a card and it disappears from their hands and appears somewhere that they choose in the room or something, you know, something undeniably impossible. Um, and yet knowingly, it, it's a demonstration of, of, a, of a trick. They understand that there's a working to it. Um, they, they feel the mystery because they can't comprehend what's actually you know, facilitating that, that moment. So, um, yeah, I think, although this is a, a side point, 
I do often like magic to be, uh, to feel inclusive, impromptu, and to feel, um, you know, genuine and down to earth. You know, you're not trying to convince anyone of anything. You're just demonstrating something and letting them, un you know, letting them come to the, the, the conclusion as to what's happened, you know. I mean, I, I should mention Darren at this point. He's, he's a master of, of that, you know. I mean, he's the best performer, in my opinion, that's ever lived. Um, I, can't, I can't see. He's, he's the best example of, 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 of a magician in that sense, you know. You know, it's something else that you do uh, when you're performing, and it, it is probably one of the main reasons that I absolutely adore watching you perform. Oh, is, thanks, is David. The, is the, the, there's many, there's so many reasons. But oh, you're too sweet. You're if too I was sweet. to pick it up, it's it's like it goes down to exactly what you're saying here in terms of you're just trying to share something that is undeniably impossible, but you get excited about that. Oh yeah, like you get really excited about that. Like you know, mm. it's just a trick, and and you're not afraid to let people know that it's. I'm just, not trying to convince anything more than that, right? You're just, you know, it's like if you play the piano, it's just like playing a song for someone sincerely, you know, re removing all the pretentiousness or, you know, trying to take away the ego and, 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 and you know, it's a battle because we all have an ego, right? But it's, it's not using that as the focal point. It's it's looking at what you're demonstrating and making that the best it can be. And of course I'm excited about it because it's my love, it's my passion, and I want that to translate to my audience. So, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's just a natural thing that I've, I've come to, you know, be basically is, is just based around the fact that I love what I'm doing and I want to share that with someone. I want them to love it too, you know, and the best way to do that is to be excited about it and to, to encourage and convince them that it's worth their attention, you know. So in that sense, can anything be strong magic if you've yeah. got that as a basis? Yeah, but well, if you, if you make someone think or focus on something long or hard enough, they will see the magic in it. I mean, everything around us is, is, is magic. Like it can be seen that way, right? You can explain it. You can try and be literal and say, well, this is a built up of atoms and you know, you can get into all of that or you can just see it as, you know, wonder all around constantly. Right. Maybe some people won't understand me when I say that, cause it will be sound too sort of airy fairy, but you know, I mean, life is, is magic this is very magical what we're in right now i love that I, I particularly love the fact that you've got this opportunity for 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 people to see magic in in, in different ways and I, I guess the real question then is if magic is truly so subjective mm. so subjective in the sense that you can go incredibly literal about magic or or stay lighter airy fairy as you as you said how on earth can we help other people do better magic if it's so subjective how can we how do you think we can actually teach magic ah uh, yeah it's the term better magic it's, it that's that's a, a term that everyone should define for themselves anyway you know so it's not it, it can't be about one person offering the, the solution or the, the the absolute truth it's about finding what 
is true to you. Um, so, yeah, that's a really difficult one, Aidan. Um, how can we help better? I think I think just stick to your guns about what you see magic is and um, and try and communicate that as best best as you can through your performance or through your teaching. Uh, be it what you choose to do. That totally resonates. Yeah, I, th I think that's really important. It's one of those cases that it's very much if, if you believe in it strongly enough to actually do it and, and have that passion behind it and that energy and that drive behind it. Well, if you're, if you're going to share that with other people and, and, and either teach magicians or just share it with other people, mm. then it, it really comes down to just sticking with what you believe in and let other people join up and and mm. and, and join and, and support you where where, where they see relevant rather than trying to appeal to everybody. Mm. I think that's another, mm. and that's, well, that's, I suppose that's another really important question. Actually, let's yeah. look at it from a, an audience perspective, trying to appeal to everybody. Should, well, should, should we try and make our magic appealing to everybody? What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> um, well, that's up to them to decide. I think, I think I, I um, no. No, I think, I think, you know, naturally people have different interests and we shouldn't crowbar our, you know, our magic into every situation. We try and, you know, the, it's all about communication at the end of the day. If, if someone's really highly interested in something and you want to captivate that person, it's good to enter from that perspective and, and you know, share that with them. I think, um, yeah. I, I, I don't know how to, to expand more on that. Like, I, I completely agree with everything that you've just said there. Like, I genuinely think that it's one of those cases of, it, like, if somebody doesn't like our magic or doesn't enjoy or appreciate our magic in any way, just just move, move on. Yeah, yeah. And Why we, not? we get hooked on that. And I, I think it's probably uh, from like my we, hypothesis it comes from ego yeah well we we can only do you know we we can only demonstrate what we do um it's up to them to to in, enjoy it or or not and there are ways obviously of of learning how to um communicate better with you know people who are less interested in magic you know so there are there are ways to to navigate you know at this point christian we've we've spoken and gone quite deep on on magic in terms of like what strong magic is what is the essence of creativity like what's your process and we've been trying to pick your brains and really understand that from your side and for me it's it's always fascinating it's always interesting and i love your insights you're one of those people which just shares what's on their mind and there's something so beautiful and so natural so organic and and i really know it's resonating with a lot of people listening here however Aiden, don't hate me for this, but I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to do something we've never done before. Um, Goodness. Those with the rude minds listening to the podcast, it's not that. <laughs> but Aiden, <laughs> I want to take this round and, and cover something we never really speak about on the TSM podcast. Tricks, effects, and, and specifically methods. Like, you've spoken about methods, Christian. Mm in terms of the more the other angle like you, you touched on it like oh yeah this is what you you know you go to the books to find these methods to put them into tricks but a lot of people going through creativity they they might understand it now from hearing past things that me and Aiden put out the the, the advice that you've shared and they're thinking okay I understand creativity I understand all about that 
Christian's a, a view on on magic in general and what strong magic is, what the essence of magic is, is really interesting. But how do I go about finding the right method? How do I know what methods suit a situation? Are certain methods good? Are certain methods bad? Should there be some methods which <laughs> I shouldn't use for me? Should there be some methods which I should? Like once they once they're out <laughs> this process, how do they base it in? Well, yeah, my goodness, Ashley, what what a what a a massive introduction and question to that. I, I, I okay, so there are countless methods available, um, and accessing those methods is through experience. You know, through obviously, like we discussed, Timon said, the books have the information. So reading is going to help you expand your knowledge on method. Other magicians is a great place to start as well because they will know of methods or reference books that you haven't touched or read, and that could be helpful. Um, when you say when you ask the question, is there a right method? What should, I, should or shouldn't I be using? Again, it boils down to what you want the effect to be and whether it is practical for you. Um, you'll hear a lot of people saying things like, oh, I don't use this because it's not practical. I have to wear a jacket. And I'm, you know, all of this is, is unacceptable in my view. The effect comes first, right? And if that requires a hell of a lot of preparation and setup, you put the legwork in and you will get that coming out the other end and it will be better. Look at Dynamo, for example, you know, without touching upon method, like I'm pretty certain him walking on the, the River Thames uh, had a little bit more than just, you know, I mean, there was a lot of preparation that potentially went into that to make it as, as magical as it is, but that will stand the test of time. People are still talking about that. People will not stop talking about it. It's become legend, you know, so with regards to um, putting in in the legwork to make things work and to, and to sourcing methods uh, and to never stop looking for improvement, um, of course that's key um, to making your magic the strongest it can be. So this goes back to what you said about strong magic and, and your need and your inner need for everything you create to be strong magic, like the method, it is irrelevant it's it's the payoff it's the audience's experience and and you're mm. going to do everything behind the scenes to make it all worthwhile absolutely right? absolutely you know and again and i'll say it the effect for me for me personally okay this doesn't mean it has to apply to everyone the effect is the most important thing and i will be quite um brutal with it you know i will strip out things that don't um land consistently with what is natural you know like um for example um you know even even an elmsley count uh, uh this is just a, a an example but um i was talking to and my friend andrew the other day um about the use of an elmsley count you know who who sits there and counts card in that in in that way counts cards in that way you know yes if you want to demonstrate they're all face down you'd casually hand them from, from hand to hand. But the way that it's been read as, as an Elmsley count serves this purpose and the way it's enacted or even used as the instigator to create an effect is not necessarily the right way around. You know, so you've got the twist in the aces thing where one ace turns over, then another one, and then another one. I mean, what is that? Like, yes, okay, it's, it's puzzling how, you know, that an ace turns face down and, and, and one turns face up. Um, you know, but I mean, is that the type of, you know, is that the effect you want? And if it is, and that's okay, if it is, why, 
Why do you want to demonstrate that? What is it you're trying to tell your audience? Do you want them to think that you're exceptionally clever or fast with your hands? Or do you know what I mean? It's like you've got to look at what you're doing. And, 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 and in that sense, I would then take the Elmsley cow out you know, of, of the effect if it's not serving the end goal, you know, if it's not a method, you know. So, so based on what you said about choosing the right or wrong methods, I will, you know, I'll look at what, what that particular method achieves and how it's presented or how it functions or whatever it is. And I'll ask myself truthfully, is this congruent with natural behavior? You know, is, is, does, is this serving the effect or is it, is it just, am I just um, diminishing the, the effect by crowbarring this particular method into the process, you know? And if you don't have the solution, and if you don't have the method, there's your starting point. I've got the effect in mind, how can I get there? I really, that chair, I wanna make it disappear. You know, how can I make that chair disappear? Okay, well, there's several problems here. Okay, um, it's a big object, you know? How can I, I mean, look, this is a terrible example, but it's like, that would be magical, right? If, if you said to someone, look at this chair and it just disappeared, you know? And then, and then you think to yourself, well, what, what would happen after the chair disappears? That person would then go, what the, where did it go? And so they'd start looking for it. They wouldn't just stand back and appreciate the, the space. They'd walk into it. Oh, hang on a minute. They can't walk into the space if I've used a trap door because, and now I need, I've got another problem. Like, how do I cover up that trap door? You know, how do I stop that person from moving towards the space? You know, what do I say or how do I focus the attention somewhere else immediately afterwards to then cover up what I need to, you know, it's all, it's about thinking about creating the most magical thing and working all the little cogs that need to be turned to, to, to achieve that effect. Um, I think, I think obviously we mentioned before level one was my first product to market, hopefully not my last, I mean, I've got a few things in the pipeline that, that are coming out and um, I'm really looking forward to sharing them with the community. But level one's a good example of looking at an effect and saying, you know, I want an object to disappear. Sleeves rolled up, you know, that's one door we're closing because people think, you know, things got magician sleeves. So let's get that sleeve rolled up, hand stretched out. There's an object in my hand. How do I make that vanish? You know, better still, how can I make it vanish slowly in their perception, you know, bit by bit, you know, and, and so finding that solution um, is a good example of, of reducing it to its simplest form, like you, without giving away the methods, uh, you, you, you guys would agree that the gimmick itself is very simple in its workings. It's not convoluted. There's no additional unnecessary Things, let's put you know? it like this when you gave me the gimmick on the train to blackpool the first time we met you fried me several times over you handed me the gimmick and i was i just I, it was just nuts how simple it was and i it, my brain didn't compute it didn't mm. get it it didn't see the 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 pieces it didn't see the the method to the mm. actual effect and, and and i think that's a in and of itself a good uh, aim to strive for like being able to have an indistinguishable method it's, it's literally just, I'm only giving that example. I don't just want to be known for, for level one. I'm only giving that example because people might be more familiar with it than the other stuff that hasn't yet hit, hit, the, hit the market. 
And, and I, I do think it is a good example to try and explain what I mean about finding a simple, practical, effective solution, and also still retaining that visual and conceptual, like strong magic moment, you know, really ticking those boxes, you know? Um, so what you're saying here is, it's really important when anyone's creating or developing something that they don't let the method compromise what it is that they're trying to achieve in short. Mm. And the method more often than not will be a compromise. You know, it will be uh, ineffective or, you know, there, there are always going to be compromises here and there because we can't actually make said chair disappear. <laughs> you know, we haven't found that way yet. You know, doesn't mean we can't stop searching. Um, so, so yeah. Um, you are what was the question ashley i was saying in short basically you're not letting the method compromise the overall effect what it is that you're you're trying That's to achieve right. that that big picture yeah exactly um no the effect is is the most important thing and there will be methods that work better than others and there'll be methods that you want to you want to brutally kick off the platform you know so this is just out of personal curiosity then um mm. we we get the question and when i was starting out in magic i i had it ev everywhere i was i was hearing about it but like this too perfect rule you shouldn't do magic that's absolutely magical and absolutely utterly fantastic and really truly mind-blowing because it's too perfect and then it's unreasonable right should, should we like no well, should we just ignore that well okay so that's also really interesting like let's say let's say you did like five tricks in a row and one of them was more perfect than the others you know that would be a problem because you're undermining the perfection of that one miracle with other things that demonstrate actually that miracle might just be another you know clever way of doing the other thing so by simply just doing that miracle and just performing that one thing um i believe that rule doesn't apply you know because now you're someone who's come into um you, you've come into a situation you've demonstrated something and then you've left it and let it sit and now it's open-ended and so the two perfect theory i i take that with a pinch of salt you know i think it's undisputable if you were to do something really truly impossible um and then leave it open-ended for them to not understand whether they're you know i mean that's the whole thing right so we just took a quick break but in that break we had a quick chat about something and it it really struck me because and we, like we paused our conversation to come back and actually have the conversation now but we was talking about the torn and restored card as just like a, a an example to illustrate a point uh, and the point was really just boiling things back to to their essence and, mm. and you were talking about conventional ways of uh, the, or the modern or the typical way of doing mm. a tournament restore could you just sort of run us run us by yeah. that yeah no so i was just simply you know um one of my favorite magicians is guy hollingworth um he's a phenomenal thinker and creator performer he's got the whole the whole package basically and um within the realm of tournament restore car he innovated it um the workings of it but he set this example like ripping it into four pieces and restoring it piece by piece 
And of course, that's unbelievably, undeniably magical to, to have a sign card, to rip it up and to restore it bit by bit. But when we're talking about the simplest form, it would literally be, well, two pieces. You'd rip it once, show the two pieces, you know, and put them back together again. And that in its essence, you know, in its simplest form is the essence of tearing something and restoring it. So it's just by simply stripping it back to the form in which you can demonstrate it in its simplest form, you then can start exploring new ways to achieve the same effect. You know, not necessarily looking what's existed in the past and having to adhere to that as a rule and just simply looking at it in a different way. Okay, so that's that's the kind of thing we touched on in the break. And I just, it's not a big point, but it's certainly something to consider. You know, just, just thinking, generally speaking, you know, how can I, can this thing that I'm doing be simpler? Can I demonstrate this in a, in a way that's, uh, you know, more easy to understand? And if so, let's start exploring it because, you know, that's, that's where it can all kick off. Well, this, this striving for simplicity is really, really important. We actually did a, an episode of the podcast uh, quite a while back now, actually on simplicity. And it, much to myself and Ashley's shock and surprise, it's one of our highest performing episodes, episode 22. And nice. it's really interesting to actually see like the fact that simplicity is so like important and it, it kind of boils things back to the purity in that level and it, it means that we can really go and demonstrate good magic because we're not trying to do good magic in like a, like <laughs> a really flashy and for the listeners you can't see i'm wafting my arms around and i'm going to keep doing it because it feels <laughs> weird now but it, it's like we're trying to make the magic stand out and be really really amazing in a million and one ways we're actually what we can do to make it even more impressive is play mm. on the simplicity strip it back to the essence and just do it yeah yeah that's it just do it i told you nike had it right when they said just do it um you know um there's a friend of mine his name's brad i won't say his full name because i, I don't think he appreciates he doesn't even want to be known I, I just don't get it he's one of the best magicians in the whole in the whole world that i've ever met and uh and he won't he just, just doesn't like to be talked about um so but what did he say? Yeah, his, his main philosophy is just do the trick, mate. <laughs> it's just like, I wonder if I could do this. I wonder, you know, just, just do the trick. But yeah, just do it. What a great rule to live by. I, I think it's the most important rule to live by. Like yes. it, in Magic and Out, it's, it, it's, a, it's a game changer. And one of the things that uh, myself and Ashley, like we, well, we're, we, in our like business and, and Magic and like everywhere, it's kind of an ethos that we live by is, quite simply working faster not harder mm. Mm. so a lot of yeah. it comes down to just do it uh, like, yeah will an audience like this double lift trick just do it and will will an audience like yeah. this tournament still come? just do it it's it's profound. again again that's where you see where things work or don't work or where you understand what you like or what you don't like it's in doing it there's no other way to know there's no other way to know than to learn from the mistakes of putting it into action. Learning from mistakes, doing all this, and you learn what you like as well through doing the things that you don't like. And mm. like we said to, to really, and sorry, Aiden's going to hate me again to move back to methods and moves. It goes back to the moves you don't like and what you don't like as well. It, it comes from just doing it, getting out there and just, but, I guess, but not why, being afraid. But also why, ask yourself, why don't you like that move? 
you know, was, was, was it because it, the pacing was a specific speed and then suddenly you speed up or slow down at the one point where, which signals what that move is, or is it incongruent with your behavior? And do people, does it feel like something's happening? And why is that? You ask yourself, why, why is it you don't like it? You know, that will give you a deeper understanding of how you want to construct your magic in the future. I could not have put that better. The why is so powerful. There's so much you can learn from that because like, you, like you've said there, it's one thing to, to do what I say and just say, okay, I like doing this, I don't like doing this, but, but why don't you like it? And you've already said, it gives you an opportunity to really understand yourself and, and gives you a framework to build off on. And it might open up a, a new door and where you can go and shoot in another direction. Exactly. Yeah, perfect. To 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 bring again to be the little uh, the, the the psychology nerd in the in the corner of the room is something that Stephen Kotler, um, a fantastic author, um, and he's just a genius. Go and look at his work if you're interested. But something that he always says in the context of peak performance is that personality doesn't scale; biology does. And and I think there are so many overlaps between that phrase in magic personality doesn't scale and it goes back to what we were saying earlier about that subjective nature of things magic really is subjective mm. not everyone is going to feel it in the same way however mm. in this case biology will scale but the the tricks can still scale like we can still do the different tricks in different ways and play with the same methods in different ways but just being able to watch and understand and experience it differently i, th I think that's uh, that's the beauty of magic and that's all part of the game mm gotta love it yeah fantastic Aiden well put and I, I think what I really want to just point out here Christian is that we've covered an awful lot I know ahead of this conversation we basically just said hey let's just start having a chat about creativity and it's kind of gone on a on a ton of different tangents and different ways of thinking so there's a lot actually that we've spoken about and covered but people will have probably resonated with this I mean I know I have and I know a lot of people will also do that so where can people find you, support you and the work that you're doing? What, what's, what's the future of Christian and how can we help? Oh, amazing. Um, so I am continuing to create uh, lots of you know, props and, and concepts. I've got a few lined up with Vanishing Ink. So if you go on there, there's, there's a couple of products that I put out. Level One and Pluck uh, already exist on the platform and I've got two uh, future products hopefully launching this year um for me it's it's instagram so christian grace magic you can find me there i uh i have a mailing list that you can get to via my instagram um hopefully soon i'll be dropping some news about a membership that i'd like to run it's this, it's a a magic membership basically that's all i'll say for now um so if you guys are interested in card magic particularly i'm going to start that um very soon. So yeah, if anyone's interested, just go to my Instagram, sign up on my mailing list. It's a Gumroad link in my bio. And that's where you'll hear the first news of this said thing. So yeah, thank you. That would be great. I just want to say on behalf of myself, Aidan, and everyone listening to this, thank you so much for being open. And, and what I really, really appreciated, Christian, was the honest and true answers you gave. That is what I resonate with. And it goes back to what I said at the start, your beautiful, kind and caring soul that always, always shares what's on your mind and you're always so open. And I think that is absolutely fantastic. So from the bottom of our heart, 
thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been absolutely phenomenal. And um, we've we've learned so much and we've explored new routes in which we didn't think that we'd actually be able to get in this podcast. So thank you so much, Christian. Oh, well, thank you both for having me and um, for your kind words. Both of you are gorgeous and continue to do what you're doing. It's amazing. And thank you again for having me on. So pleasure's all mine. Hey, it's Aidan here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside, so to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.